We are out here. Fuck y'all talking about. Sophisticated ignorance. Are y'all fucking crazy? That's a fact. Talk are y'all crazy? Yo, y'all get me tight. Like, I be out here trying to be humble. Let's not get fucking crazy. Sophisticated ignorance. Hey, what's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Sophisticated Ignorance. I'm Vixen J. And today we have a special guest host here with me to talk. And she's giving me an eye because, uh, full disclaimer, we <laughs> started recording before, made a little mistake, a little boo-boo, and now, mm-hmm. and now she's over all of it. But that's fine. <laughs> We're going to get right back into the shits. Um, but anyway, yes, yeah, so for those who are listening, thank you so much. Hope you guys are doing well out there. It's day blank, blank, blank of quarantine. Uh, feels like years, but it's days. Just know that months have happened. Uh, so that's that. A uh, shout out to Naima. Uh, she's doing well as, on her end, uh, doing the best that she can with everything happening. And that's kind of what we're going to get into today. Just kind of managing with all levels of the things that are happening outside, how we're dealing with it indoors, and how we're making the best of it, uh, especially with our mental health and you know, just trying to find a corner and pocket of peace in the madness. So, uh, once again, we're going to have our special guest host today introduce herself and tell us about her briefly before we get into the conversation. So, um, Keisha, introduce yourself and who you would like to be uh, referred to as on the show. Um, hi guys, I'm Keisha. I'd like to be referred to as Keisha. Don't you have an AKA out here? Um, my AKA is Keisha. It's not very far off from my name. What, what about your handle? Oh, but yeah, most people do know me as the Brooklyn Gem. T H E B K L Y N G E M. For those who can't spell. <laughs> exactly. Yes, the Brooklyn Gem. So yeah. make sure to check her out. But yes, um, so yes, um, disclaimer is wait. We keep using the word disclaimer. Why do you, we do that? You keep using Okay, well, it's not a disclaimer. It's more FYI. Um, we known each other for a long time since elementary school when I was young and um, annoying. And um, <laughs> now I'm just older and annoying, but with a heart of gold. So there's that. Um, we known each other for a while, but outside of that, I want to talk with Keisha today because I just feel like, you know, she has a good scope of, you know, everything that's happening and how she's been managing And I guess that, you know, we are going to also share some of our own insights about how we've been dealing with everything that's happening because the world has been on fire and we are just trying to not get burned. Basically. Keisha, for you to start, just, just walk through like, what is, what is your mental feeling like these days? Today is a good day. Today I'm feeling, I'm feeling great. I have a saying, feeling good, feeling great. And today definitely embodies that, but I can't say that that's what it's been for the past days and of course I don't know what tomorrow so yeah that's that in a nutshell yeah I think we all kind of feel the same way like we're not okay but it's okay to not be okay right pretty much and I guess there's kind of like a a settling with that because you know we've even with quarantine we went to a point where we've had things in our control and with quarantine happening all that just kind of just got knocked off of its, you know, shelf. Like, there's so much um, control that we've lost with everything happening these past couple months to where now with all the things happening in the news, um, you know, corona enough was just like a crippling thing. You know, you heard about cases left and right. The numbers were extremely high. It was, you know, I'm pretty sure that's anxiety-inducing in itself. Um, You know, you want to stay indoors. You're scared to walk out. You don't know who got what. Um, the moment you hear a sneeze, everyone's running 10 miles away, everyone's ducking and diving. And, you know, now with the latest things that have been happening, um, with, you know, George Floyd and, you know, Breonna Taylor and all those other racial injustices, you know, you're, you consume all these things and it's very heavy, you know what I mean? And it's just like, well, fuck, if we didn't think it could get worse and it got worse. And now we have all these, you know, protests that are happening everywhere all over the world which is global and that itself is rippling because once again i think it's like the world is like the world's the titanic and we all are sinking (laughs) and there's just that one band that's playing the same tune (laughs) as we're going down and they're making sure they get every chord and it's just like 
it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter which deck of this ship that you're on. We've hit this iceberg, and we're all feeling it. We're all feeling the effects of it. That's for sure. So for you, like, initially, or just like in this moment, I know a lot has happened for you in these past couple months, but just talk about how you've been doing your best to kind of cope with all those things. Um, so long story short, if I could give my story. Yes, <laughs> Uh, so I quit my job March 11th. I was hired at a very prestigious school and I accepted the position started March 16th. I got furloughed April 2nd and furloughed means that basically I'm on temporary unemployment. And so when that happened, I mean, I really didn't know what to expect. I really didn't even know what furloughed meant. And so um, I just took it and ran with it. I was able to get unemployment. I was fortunate in that sense. And I kind of just tried to recenter myself because um, I do suffer with anxiety. So I think the uncertainty just, it, it, it heightened it, but it, it didn't put me to a point where I guess I would spiral. Right. So um, in that moment, I was like, okay, I'm going to get into meditation and um, I'm very big on breath work. I picked that up again and um, just taking all these self-help, self-development classes um, I did that most of April and May, and then my birthday was at the end of May, so I was really happy and excited, and I celebrated that, and then, like, June 1st came, and it was like, okay, I feel a little somber, and then June 2nd came, and I was like, okay, Blackout Tuesday is happening, and I had an anxiety flare-up, a whole attack. I felt like, I literally felt like the world was ending, the walls were closing in, I couldn't catch my breath, I couldn't. Like, I thought I was having a heart attack. I thought I was dying. And I think, like you said, we were already dealing with so much. And then now this, and I mean, I could not wrap my head around it. And so last week was, yeah, it was tough. And I don't really know how to say I worked through that in particular. Um, I definitely talked to you about it. I definitely called other friends who deal with anxiety um, I've leaned on people who go to therapy because I am not in a therapy. I don't have a therapist rather, mm -hmm. which I would love to have. I'm just, I'm in the process of looking for one. Um, so I just tried to use as many resources that I could without necessarily having to lean on a therapist. And it, 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 it took some time. As I said, my first, um, flare up was June 2nd and today is what, June 12th? Yeah. So it took me some time to get back in a headspace where I was like, okay, this is what it is. This is what's happening, but it's still a good life. Um, and again, today is a good day. So right. yeah, a lot of it can be mind over matter, especially when you feel like you don't have control over anything that's happening right now. Correct. So yeah, we've certainly lost our level of control over things. And you know, it's like, I felt the evolution of myself through this quarantine, right? Mm -hmm. um, because I remember in the beginning, I was just like, this is going to be a breeze. And plot twist, it was a whole tornado. <laughs> um, I remember losing, like I felt like I was losing my mind the first couple of weeks. And then I settled with the fact that this is a situation beyond my control. And I was going with that mantra and I was telling others like, hey, you know, this is something that we can't control. Um, and we need to let go of that level of commitment to control and just be right and that is hard for a lot of people especially when you feel like you've had everything together and then this very unprecedented instance just sweeps you off your feet and you know i also have to keep in mind or also have to keep in mind as well that not everyone has the same concept of home right exactly um you know home for some doesn't mean the same for others and at least for me i had to get over my stigma of what home meant for me um, because as I explained on a, a episode before that, you know, I had a lot of, um, insecurities with being in my physical home and what that meant and the memories mm -hmm. that kind of swirled there. And I had to work through those and realize that my physical home is not a cage, but it's just more of a haven. And once I kind of switched my thinking in that, then it became much more bearable to deal with. Then it's feeling like, all right, I'm in jail and I have a backyard, and that's my yard time for an hour. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it, it, that was something that I had to deal with um, head on. And, you know, it helps. Now, I think these days, especially with the weather being nicer, but at the same time with all these things happening, 
I've been a little bit more carefree. Still careful, of course, mm-hmm. but carefree in the sense of like stepping out a little more and doing things and um, just doing my best to enjoy outside for what it is. Funny enough, speaking of protests, I actually did attend a protest the other day. That was an interesting experience. It wasn't, it wasn't what I, well, then again, I mean, when you're watching the news and you're seeing all the stuff that was happening, people were being beat and arrested and all these things, that itself is, I'm sure, fear-inducing for much people. But I wanted to go there just to be in the moment because this is a very unique time in history. Like, I've never, I mean, we've never seen anything like this. So I wanted to be in the moment. I wanted to be out there. I wanted to be in the spirit of everyone, like, fighting and being on the front line and, you know, shouting for change. And when I went, you know, everyone was out and they had the signs and masks on. So people were being safe as well as being angry. And I heard a couple of community members talking about, like, what was going on. It was the main premise of... um, when I went out, it was supposed to be a vigil for Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people were out there and they were talking about, you know, what that meant and how it felt and, you know, all these things. And, yeah, once again, I was out there. I was just in the moment. Um, they had a moment of silence where they um, had everyone kneel for eight minutes, uh, eight minutes and 46 seconds. That's the amount of time that the cop had right. um, his knee on his neck and such. And that was, like, a very like heavy powerful moment itself and then afterwards we all marched down the street and this was at the time where the curfew was happening so we stayed out after the curfew Mm -hmm. the cops didn't really bother anyone well from what i saw i don't know if anything else happened i heard after i left everything that probably there was a few arrests but it definitely visually was not as tumultuous as it was on the news right and you know I'm happy that I was able to attend. I told myself that would be the only one. Um, just because I didn't... Like, I mean, it's already hard dealing with everything as it is. And then to be out there and be amongst the people who are angry and tired. And, you know, honestly, I know that if quarantine wasn't happening, this story itself would not be as blown up as it is now. So, I mean, there's a lot of blessings in the skies amongst the tragedy there's a level of unity there. So I've been doing my best to kind of deal with it in my own way. I pay attention, but I don't want to get too sucked in. Shout out to Netflix and all these other things <laughs> just to kind of keep my brain light. And I, I guess I'll throw the question to you. Do you feel bad distracting yourself from the things that are happening now? Or is it necessary? Like, is it necessary for you? So I feel like this question is a double-edged sword because a good distraction, for example, was my birthday. Like, I was really excited and I definitely enjoyed the moment. I lived in the moment. And like I said, after the fact, I was like, damn, I kind of feel bad that I celebrated. And I celebrated hard. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, was, I was there. I, I, I definitely felt every bit of celebration. Yeah, it was, it was a good celebration, even with quarantine. Um, and again, coming back to just the reality of things, it kind of felt like, hmm. But in the same breath, we have to be mindful that all of this takes energy Mm -hmm. a lot of energy like you said it's heavy and I'm not saying not to fight I'm not saying to give up I'm just saying there has to be a moment where you give yourself time to recharge refuel build yourself back up because you like the saying goes you can't pour from an empty cup so if you consistently deplete yourself how where's the energy coming from to keep going so I do think the distractions are necessary because distractions are innately how you do refuel and recharge and just give yourself a break. We all need a break. Like if you had to march seven days every day, all day, you'd be done. So right. you, you, you got to at least take a day. And so in essence, no, I don't feel bad. It, I have my, my moments. I'm like, mm, I, feel I, sh- I feel like I should be doing more. I could be doing more, but I also have to remind myself like but this is also needed right so no don't feel bad let, let the distractions happen <laughs> i feel like um we forget to be kind to ourselves i feel like we forget that we need the joy as well to keep going the joy is a part of keeping your energy up and you know you 
like the same goes too. You got to take the good and the bad. So mm-hmm. you can't always absorb all the bad and not get any good. Right. So. And girl, these days, the good is hard to find. <laughs> that is right. Hard. <laughs> like, it is so oh. hard. You know, I'm scrolling social media, and I'm looking for one thing to make you laugh. Yeah, it's hard. It's I just want a kiki. Like, just a kiki. Not even like a open mouth <laughs> cackle. Just a little kiki. Just to say, okay, there's some lightness out there. And that's the thing. I think we're, because we're so in the moment, like, like our jaws are clenched. We're not laughing. We're not having that moment of just like being free. Mm. And that is taxing on your body. And I don't think many of us pay attention to that because I know for me, like I started working at 16, like I said before, being furloughed was like, what do I do with myself? I've never had this much free time. I'm always working or I'm always in school or I'm always keeping busy in that sense. And just now I'm here and I'm like, okay, what do I do? Because I'm so used to keeping on and just never really having a moment of downtime. And I just think quarantine in itself has taught me the power of downtime. And so even moving forward in light of everything that's happening now, downtime is still needed. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we've forgotten what's going on or we don't care or whatever. It's just, you need it. Right. And that and that's something that I feel a lot of people don't consider, yeah. that level of balance. Yep. You know, it's it's okay to, like, you know, unplug, yep. right? Um, there was a point where I was trying to take at least one day of the week to kind of just offline myself right. and not interact. But it's so challenging because it's like I want to be in the know. I want to understand what's happening, especially with me working from home. Yeah. I work with people that, you know, I mean, are relatively plugged into what's happening. Uh, and, well, yeah, plugged in in a sense. But, um, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, well, I'm going to get into that chapter for a little bit. But there's been a lot of changes uh, on my end when it comes to my job. And I'm not going to get into too much of it. But long story short, with all the Black Lives Matter things that are happening... Um, and a lot of the brands out there who are putting that message out there, my job has decided to, you know, take that stance and say that, you know, they support the Black Lives Matter movement and they want to move in the direction of diversifying our company and making those changes. I will say, I will say, in the beginning, I had a little bit of skepticism, but now I'm on board. I had a conversation with my big boss, our CEO, and have some conversations with some other people, and change is something that you you're never gonna know what it looks like, but the wheels have to start turning, mm-hmm. right? And change is uncomfortable. I'm realizing the reason why I felt a level of skepticism when it came to you know, I mean, having the conversations about race and stuff. Um, I work at a predominantly white um, company, and they had to come forward and kind of just call themselves out on these things, and you know, especially with the black people who are at my job we were all like you know we have a chat going and we all were kind of just sharing our thoughts of like yo this is way too much this is heavy and we just kind of check in on each other all the time because we knew that this instance affects us more than anything else and when it came to our white counterparts you know it came to this major event happening for them to i get for most of them or i can't speak for all but for most of them to understand like this is a huge issue that's affecting our country and we've been having a lot of open conversations about you know how to deal with this and you know just addressing the aspect of systemic racism and all these very uncomfortable conversations yeah. that we've never had to have before they need to happen though they need to happen yeah. for sure absolutely and i spoke out um i spoke up at you know one of our company meetings saying like i'm really happy that we're having this conversation because i don't think with everything happening we would have ever brought this up. Right. Um, I recall the story over and over that uh, when Mike Brown happened back in 16, you know, that was a heavy day. And I remember going into work the next day and no one was talking about it. Right. And at that point, there was me and another um, black coworker. I think at that point, it was just two of us. And we kind of like looked at each other like, yo, what is happening? Why is no one talking about this very major news story? Right. You know what I'm saying? And obviously, there's racial components to it. And when you work in an environment that's kind of blind to that or in a bubble in a sense where, you know, these type of things don't really kind of penetrate that, that perspective, right. you're not going to have a type of environment that's going to have those conversations or talk about like, oh my gosh, you know, 
that kid got gunned down in the street by the cops, you know, that's horrible. And, you know, what is that about? You're not going to have that type of open dialogue, especially as I guess a white person, if that's not at your, you know, preview or foreview of the world. So all that to say, you know, conversations are happening. I'm working on getting past my skepticism and just focusing on what is actually being done because I feel at least my company is starting to make strides and make steps into um, implementing things. But yeah, when it comes to the mental health of those who I work with, especially the black coworkers, we're doing the best we can. I know I'm trying to be strong and for the sake of, you know, just checking on everyone. I know that when I have my off days, I don't really uh, engage as much. Um, I feel like some days I've been just kind of lazy, mm-hmm. uh, more lazier than normal. I don't, I don't know if it's like not motivated, but it's just like, bruh, I got to tune into everything happening because I want to be in the know, but at the same time I have to focus on work and that's just a lot for me. Um, and it's a lot for anybody that's in the corporate environment where they have to kind of still be plugged in, right. but everything behind them or everything outside yeah. is burning. You know what I mean? Um, it's tough. It is hard. And this is why it goes back to what I said about realizing how much energy it does take to keep up with everything. And at some point, you do have to realize, I can't. I need the mental break. And that's mainly what it is when I say to refuel and to recharge. Um, I fortunately don't have these experiences currently because I'm, I'm very happy to say where I work now is predominantly black. Black owned, black run. All right. Everything. All okay. right. Rub it in. So, <laughs> um, yeah, my school is a pan African school, which is why I quit my job and took the job without even thinking twice about it. And so they're very aware. And I can only imagine, because I did come from a school, it wasn't predominantly white, um, but it was run by white people. And I could definitely tell you that there was a lot of favoritism and there was a lot of things that were done. That just wasn't to my liking and other people's likings. And, you know, before I left, three other teachers left. And so I just think we have to learn to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because when you're uncomfortable, that is when the most change happens. I, in the moment, was like, yo, did I just quit my fucking job? And I hadn't even had, like, a solid yes yet. But in my gut, I was like, well, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to teach. Even if I got a gravel, I'm getting this job. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't have to um, because, you know, the universe got my back. And so, yeah, sometimes you do have to, I guess, figure it out in that sense where it's just like, okay, I'm uncomfortable with this, but this is what the moment is presenting to me. And the outcome may be greater than what it is right now. So let me just ride it out. Let me do what I can. Let me see how I can get to that point or what the end goal is going to look like because I didn't, like I said, I wasn't certain I would be here, but I am here and I damn sure I'm grateful to be here because I feel that it's better than where I was. So Right. Now, if you feel comfortable answering the question, do you think that if you were still at that previous job that they would have, or that the issue of what's happening um, right now would have been addressed in some way or tackled? You don't have to go into detail. No, I won't go into detail, um, but that's a hard question. I, again, it was, it's a very diverse school, so it very well could have, um, but I think there would be a sense of skepticism, like you said, like I'd probably be like, mm, with the side eye, like, mm, <laughs> I'm right, let's see, because, right. you know, talk can only get you but so far, you have to show and prove, you have to do, you know, your actions have to overpower what you say, Word. because that's the only way to really let it be known, like, this is what I'm standing for, this is what I, I'm saying what I mean, and I'm doing exactly what I said I would do, because people say stuff. And when it's time to do, show and prove, right. but it, ha- it doesn't happen. So I'm on the fence with that one. I can't, I can't really say, I'm, and I'm going to also just say, it, that was one of my best experiences in teaching. It's just, we weren't compatible. So right. here I am. Did it, did it swipe right on that one? Okay. Did it match? Nope. <laughs> nope. So I asked that question because with all these other companies and all these other brands, taking the stance of Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel, a lot of people have been talking about uh, the concept of performative activism, right? Um, where you're just putting something out there just to put it out there. Right. Um, just just recently we saw Band-Aid 
<laughs> diverse I'm rolling fucking... my eyes because you guys can't see me you're rolling my eyes I mean it's just like th- these are the examples of what people don't want you know you right. have these brands coming out and I guess in a sense it's too late it's been a couple of weeks since everything's happened and now certain brands are coming out and saying yeah we stand with black people and oh look our flesh tone whatever's so not to cut you off no, but no. I don't think it's too late I just think it's exactly what you said performative activism Band-Aid has been out for how long? And you only now thought to make flesh-colored Band-Aids? Miss me with the bullshit. Honestly, I don't care what color my Band-Aid is. I mean, granted. If my blood is gushing from my arm, I just need a Band-Aid. I mean, but you know what? The fact of the matter remains there are some people who do. No, no, I get the the (laughs) premise. I'm not not knocking it. I'm not saying that... I'm not saying that flesh-toned Band-Aids are bad. Or they're not useful. They're not needed. All I'm saying is, for me, give me the dark tone, give right. me the light tone, give me the light skin. Yeah, but it's just, where was this premise before? You're oh, not yeah. going to take our quote-unquote demise, and now you want us to pay for this shit? Oh, so you want to make money off of what we're going through right now? Again, miss me with the bullshit. Now, had this come out maybe a couple years back, like, just off when, like, hey, guys, look, we just thought of this out of, cool... But there was another. There's there's another brand out there that already made yeah, this. Yeah, and, and there I, are many brown owned, black owned. Let me correct myself. Right. Black owned brands who have already made flesh trust. Yeah, so. the one the one that I knew of is um it's white co owners, but they have black people a part of like the, you know the structure too. So um all that to say it's like, you know you see these things out there and you know it might be a brand that you appreciate. I know I remember you um. You shared with me one of the jewelry brands that you like. They came out and made a statement, and you appreciated that. Yes. You know what I mean? And But they backed it up with things that they're going to do, like yeah. initiatives, like give exactly. money to this organization yeah. and this fund and all that stuff. So it wasn't just like, all right, you know, we stand with black people, yeah. BLM, all right, yeah. thanks so much, keep supporting us. They actually made some effort. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, I think for us right now, for black people, we need to see that effort play out. Exactly. Right? Yep. I don't think we have the time to like, like we don't have the energy and we don't have the time for people to just come out with these statements because, you know, everything is happening right now and not back it up. And we've also been there, done that. Statements have been made in the past and nothing, again, there was nothing to show and prove or back up those statements. And that's why, and I mean, again, I'm going to quote another statement or another saying, um, actions speak louder than words. So show me. You can show me better than you can ever tell me, as my good friend says. So, I'll, I'll wait to see before I'll really be like, well, they said, so, you know, but no, just, just show me. Yeah, I agree. But real quick, let's go over, um, you know, through Instagram, I've been finding a lot of posts from different brands, like, you know, black brands about how to, like, cope with everything that's going on and some techniques and things that you could do to kind of maintain your peace. So I want to go over a few of those because I think it's really important to kind of call those out and we could just talk about if that's something that you've done or other people have done. Oh, so you're about to put me on the spot. Okay. I'm putting you on the spot. I'm putting myself on the spot too because I too uh, may or may not have done some of these things. So I'm going to read through this one post that says self-care tips for black people feeling overwhelmed by the media. Now, for me, the media, like right now, okay, first of all, I don't watch the news. Uh, shout out to my pops. He could literally sit in front of a TV for hours watching the same thing. I don't know how. Same. I called my dad today and was all the way in St. Lucia to give me news about what's happening here. Don't get it. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I get it. He's retired. TV's the only outlet to outside. Right. But I do not want to be sitting there watching CNN with all these me things. Me like, either. It's too much. Yeah, no, I can't. I, I, but anyway, I mean, for those, but I get most of my um, media through Twitter, right? Okay. Twitter for me is a mix of of news, but it's also a mix of like entertainment. And I kind of just use a Twitter as a, like a social playground. Like right. there's people on there that I know and I talk my shit and all that stuff. But nonetheless, so these are the uh, tips that they give in this post. It says, uh, set firm boundaries. You are under no obligation to explain your feelings or educate people on what we're dealing with. Now, this is a mantra that I told my black coworkers that, you know, this is a, this is a, this is a situation that we as the black people here don't need to teach the white 
our white counterparts what to do in a situation. Like, this is, in essence, their problem. You know what I'm saying? They need to do the inner work. They need to understand the depth of the situation and right. they need to understand how racism has, racism, privilege, all these things have played a role in our society. So they need to do the self-work in order to understand where that comes from. And it's not to say that we can't lend our voices, but we can't walk them through this. You know what I mean? I agree. And I think that in itself, and there might be some people who are maybe taking that energy to say like, hey, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to teach my white coworkers, you know, what's what. I personally, I don't feel that that's my responsibility. It's um, not. You know, we all have Google. Google is very free. <laughs> you can look up all the resources and stuff that you choose and that be the case. But, you know, I already have to deal with all this on my mental. Yep. Like, I can't go through this tr- type of trauma and then at the same time reserve energy to say, hey, here's a book, here's a podcast, here's a movie. All these things are out there. They're readily available. Like, do your research as you would do anything else and, and educate yourself with what's going on. You know what I mean? That's really what it comes down to. I don't know. Have you experienced anything like that yourself? Um, I have one white friend. Love her to death. Um, she hasn't... She hasn't done any of what you just mentioned. She has always been an advocate. And I've, I think that's what naturally drew me to her, aside from just having the common, I guess, workforce. Um, But she definitely, she's protested. She's shared where to donate. She shared what can be done, what shouldn't be done. She's very vocal about voting um, and Mm -hmm. sharing voting resources. And so I agree with you. It's not our job to educate them because there are resources very readily available. And when they do the work themselves, it just makes it that much more meaningful for them and for us. To see that, okay, you are doing the work. Maybe you do really give a fuck. Like, I can tell you straight up, she gives a fuck. Right. And it makes all the more difference. And um, I had a conversation with a friend this past weekend, and she's like, just be transparent about it. Like, if you're not for us, you're not for us. But if you are, again, show us. And I stand with that, too. Word. Allyship or allyism right now. It's needed, but I don't need that fake shit. Basics. I don't. And, and also, like, you know, I was speaking to another friend of mine, and she had her own um, co-workers who are white. Uh, they had the conversation about what was happening, and she felt, she felt in a sense, that they didn't really reach out to her as necessarily as they should have in that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like, with everything happening, you know, check in on your black friend, at least, and yeah. make sure they're okay. And they didn't do that properly. She called them out on it, and one of them went off and started rattling all the things that she's done in the sense of like supporting black culture or the movement. And it's just like, girl, this ain't no fucking participation awards. Like right. you're doing getting a cookie just because right. you donated to this and donated to that. Like your friend just asked you, hey, you didn't check on me the way that I would have liked to or the way that I need it right now because I'm not okay. Why is that? That's not all right. And and they had to have a second conversation and kind of mend things over, but it's just like we need that level of concern. Right now, you know, we don't need anyone saying like, oh, I did this and I did that. And look at me. I'm at a barge with my Birkenstocks and I'm just out here, whatever. Like we need actual action to to happen to where it's like, all right, you are what you're talking about and you're moving the same way. Right. Then the next one is indulge in black creativity. We are the creators after all. Switching your focus for a while does not mean you don't care. Seeking out black art and celebrating black joy can provide some respite from traumatizing media coverage. Correct. Have you been indulging in black art, Keisha? Um, black art, black art. So I've ordered a couple of books. Um, number one on the list is Vibrating Higher Daily by Lala De- Layla Delia. Um, because I took her course and that prompted me to get that. Um, I do breathwork classes at least once a month with Jasmine Marie and her company Black Girls Breathing. Love her. Um, I am obsessed with candles, so I um, started ordering from Fancy Patrice. She has some pretty good candles. They smell dope, and she's a manifester, and so each candle has a different manifestation type of vibe with it. Um, they smell great. Shameless plug, by the way. Shout out to Fancy Patrice. <laughs> Not shameless. Big plug. Big um, plug. I'm, I'm looking into artwork. Um, I really do. My room is very bare. Um, the apartment is still very bare. So both my roommate and I are looking for art for the, the common living space and also our individual living spaces. So, yeah, all black, everything, always. 
Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> what about you, though? Um, well, when it comes to black creativity, I am a creator. Yeah, you are. So, I mean, for me, I think it's just indulging what others are, are doing right now. Uh, I know there's a lot of black creators that have their own content that they're putting out there. Like, shout-outs to The Grapevine. Uh, shout-outs to Just Latasha. She was a guest on our show mm -hmm. in the past. And she has her own YouTube shows and stuff. So I just do my best to support those those creators and what they're doing. And obviously, podcast, right? Yeah. Um, that's a level of, well, it's not black art, but it's black content. Yeah. Um, you it's, know, still, it's still a type of art. Yeah, it is. I mean, I have, I have black art in my, in my space myself. So yeah. I'm always about supporting anyone black and what Same. they do. So for me, that brings me joy to kind of like be surrounded by that and be able to support whenever I can. For sure. Um, I will say also, I don't watch a lot of TV and um, lately, specifically, I mean, I've always been into like anything black, obviously, but lately, more than ever, everything I watch seems to be pretty... Insecure. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's black art in itself. Yeah, it really is. Um, and there's a few of this stuff, like the um, I May Destroy You has a black lead. Um, becoming on Netflix for Michelle Obama was really dope. Like, there's so many different things, and I'm really happy to see all of these platforms, especially Netflix with their strong black lead mm -hmm. category right. or genre, have that on the forefront because yeah, we we matter. We mat we we deserve we, all that. We more than matter. We oh yeah, we do. We more than matter. But yeah. I just we deserve that, and this is why what's going on is going on because. Black lives deserve. Yeah, that's that's my new hashtag. Don't take it. <laughs> Trademark copyright right now. If y'all use it, big sue. Um, <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's nice. Black lives deserve. So the next one is be tactful about your daily scrolls. We talked about social media. Yeah. Not every post, tweet, article, or message requires your attention and response. The constant intake of appalling footage and information can be overwhelming to say the least. Please stop sharing these videos. I've, I personally have not watched the full video of the George Floyd thing. Don't plan to, not on my queue, no thanks. Yeah. Nope. A screenshot is good enough for me, and even that's too much. It was, um, I had no intentions to, but I did take a trip to Albany this past weekend for my mental health, because I needed to get the hell up out of Brooklyn. And um, so I was having a discussion, and somebody was like, did you see the video? Look. And I was like, oh, I oh, wasn't. <laughs> Sneak attack. I wasn't ready, but I also, I think it helped with overcoming anxiety in a sense mm -hmm. in that moment i was like oh shit like it felt beyond heavy the word is it doesn't even come to mind um and i definitely didn't watch it in its entirety i watched the first like minute or two and then i skimmed through and then i watched the last minute or two and it was yeah there are there are no words but i do agree the videos aren't necessary to be reposting we all know what happened right. which is why we're in the state that we're in now and Again, to go back to just the energy, to constantly have to see this, it's too much. It's too much. Way too much. Um, no thanks. Yeah. Pass. <laughs> and, 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 and I mean, with articles and other things, like I've been consuming other articles, but not like heavy stuff, just more like obviously surrounding what's happening, right. like how to cope. I recently shared an article with one of my homegirls. She does diversity and inclusion training. Okay. And she shared an article about what companies should be doing to like actually do the work. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So stuff like that, like positive things like that, yeah. I want to share and talk about. But That's all, all the heavy things, yeah. nah, I'm Gucci yeah. on that. Yeah, like, I, I agree. I Like last night I shared, you know, um, black sitcoms, black movies, a list of black books. Yeah, like we can definitely do the work, but it doesn't always have to be on that heavier side. We can, we can try to lighten it up. Like, major hype with his video yesterday about the <laughs> protest was kind of funny. Like, you know, just, yeah, just giving yourself the mental pause, I guess. For sure, yeah. And speaking of that, uh, the next one on this list is feel. Remember that your feelings are valid and take time to acknowledge them. Anger, sadness, fear, all justified. So don't be afraid to feel, don't be afraid to go through the motions, don't be afraid, like, and, and this is where it comes, the, the double edge, where it's like, all right, we are allowed to feel, but at the same time, to avoid those feelings, we distract ourselves, yeah. and we go around those feelings, but there is a, a notion where you have to go through, and maybe journaling is a good idea. Yeah, you know? I started journaling during quarantine, thanks to uh, you. 
<laughs> Ironically, I was gonna thank you for putting um, it. Well, not, I mean, I was journaling before with therapy and all that right. stuff, but then I kind of like fell off and kind of on and off with it. But you know, you kind of inspired me to kind of get back into it and uh, try to be more consistent that I haven't been. But with all that, you know, writing your feelings down, yeah. going through them, yeah. set a day to just cry yeah, and and shut sure. everything off, yeah. and because yeah. it is a lot, and you know, it's kind of like you get trapped in your emotions, and it's like. How, how do I get these out there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, there's other ways to, once again, distracting is cool and all, but you have to go through them or else it's just going to bubble up and it's yeah. just going to explode at some point. Yeah. And that's not okay for anybody. We have to find outlets and um, obviously constructive, creative, um, productive, positive outlets. Um, oddly enough, as a writer, um, never journaled. I mean, as an adult, I mean, you know, my kid days, yeah, of course, I want to journal. But like on a more serious note, you know, you had spoken about it. My roommate had spoken about it. And I was like, what am I missing? And through meditation, one of them, because I do guided meditations, they asked me to journal. And I can't lie to you, not to sound cliche, but writing it out was a way of releasing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, uh, what I do is I really, I talk myself through it sometimes and I'm like, okay, this is how I feel. So I'm acknowledging it. I got to process it. So I have to sit with it, but I don't wallow in it. The wallow part. Right. So um, I sit with it 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever, however long needed. But I don't want to make it a practice of it festering into days and days and days because nothing is going to come of that. And then release it. So whether that be my meditation, my breath work, my journaling, Shoot, today I had a freaking dance party by myself. I threw on some old school tunes. Big jelly. Big jelly. And I just danced for like 30 minutes. And it helped. And it, it, a lot of the times when I suggest or even when I hear suggestions, I'm like, that's silly. That's crazy. Why would I do that? And then after the fact, like I've been seeing this a lot. Have a solo dance party. And I did it today. And I can't lie. It worked. So you were just up in here working but to yourself? working and all. And I don't even know how to work. Wowzers. I'm joking. <laughs> Good thing we don't have a visual. Because uh, that no, would be awkward. Side, though, like really was in here singing, dancing, just having a good time by myself. And I think in light of everything, quarantine in itself has taught me to legit like being with myself. Mm, um, yeah. Just, you know, I had no choice but to sit with myself these last couple of months and really learn myself. Not all, not all of me, but a, a lot of me, like a lot has come to light and I'm figuring things out, I guess, that I probably would have never done had things been open and as normal and the way things were, I guess. Oh yes. No girl, normal, regular. No, um, life, uh, BC before Corona would never be the same. <laughs> yeah. We're not, we're not seeing those days again. Um, yeah. Totally different now. Yeah, kiss the old world goodbye. <laughs> we in the New Testament now, sis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Revelations is right on. <laughs> Don't stop. Yeah. All right, let's reel it back. Let's be positive. <laughs> I'm getting way too deep. Um, oh, uh, the fifth one on this list is connect with other black people. It's important to seek support and comfort from others that you can trust. So, for example, right now, I am connecting with another black person. Look at that. Wow. Look, look at that. It's, it's, it's words in action, okay? For example, um, I have my friend circles. I have different people that I have group chats with. Shout out to my coworkers at work that I'm able to connect with and, and have that little circle of trust. Yeah, it's important because there's no other person that's going to know what you're going through than someone that looks like you. And that, and that in itself, there's power in that. Right. You know? Even, even before all of these things that were happening with the injustices, just quarantine itself, just being under quarantine, you know, checking in with people constantly was a measure of like, yo, are you good? Are you okay? And, you know, there'll be probably those days where you don't hear from somebody who's like, oh, are they right? Are they not all right? Do you trust the fact that, all right, they just need a moment? Or do you kind of like just keep messaging them until they get back to you? Because, you know, obviously there was the looming threat of, oh, someone could be sick and you don't hear from them or it could yeah. be the last time you hear That's from true. them. Yeah, it did create that sense of, oh, I haven't heard from someone in a while. Right, 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 right. And, and it was a toss-up because for me, I didn't want to always, like for me, I was already getting overwhelmed by reaching out to everybody. Yeah. And there's some days where I just don't want to answer the phone. I don't want to text. Yeah. I don't want to be 
on a call, but I understand why. And I understand why certain people need that, especially for those, once again, going back to the concept that not everyone's home situation is the same. You have some people that live by themselves. They have no one to talk to. Um, I have some um, homegirls that are, you know, mothers and they're only with their kids. Yeah. And their adult interactions are none. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they need that level of like, hey, I just need to talk to someone yeah. my age <laughs> because these little, these little ones, whoop, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, everyone's in a different situation, but especially with now, I, I think people just take it in different ways. I have other people that I know that I haven't talked to in a while, not because I don't care, but, you know, their realm is just so much going on and it's hard for them to like kind of break out of that and reach out. But, you know, they're active on social media. I mean, there's signs of life, you know, and for me, as long as I see a sign of life, then I'm comfortable knowing like, all right, they just need their space and their time. And I check in on them whenever, you know, whenever needed. But other than that, give them the space, they'll process how they can. And at the end of the day, I'll still be here if they want to reach out. I think we need to realize we're in a time of really practicing good communication mm-hmm. um, without expectation, right. without it being one-sided. And we also have to really understand that this is not the time to take anything personal. Oh my God. Can you say that one more time? Do not take anything personal. And this is something I struggle with and it's something I'm still learning but have learn tremendously now more than ever because I was one of those people who were like, yo, this person didn't reach out. Like, F them. What's, like, what the hell? And through growth and maturation or, like, I really learned that it's not that. Like, people have their lives. They're going through their own things. As you just said, I, too, have friends who are single mothers and they're with their kids all day. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm losing it. <laughs> And then I do have friends, they're in relationships and those who are by themselves and just circumstances, circumstances are different. And, you know, I went from being that person who took things personally to realizing everybody's navigating their way through their own shit. And so, and if I don't hear from them every day, so be it. As long as you're good, as long as you're okay, healthy, healthy, somewhat happy, you know, things are okay. And I think we also need to learn to realize when they be like, yo, I'm not okay. I need you. I need help. I do need somebody to talk to. I physically cannot do this or I mentally cannot do that. I myself have learned, especially during quarantine, to be like, I do not feel like talking. Right. And I've had people give me so much pushback. What, what the fuck do you mean you don't feel like talking? What I did to you? And they took it their way. And you know what? That's, that's your business. Correct. I said my piece. You gonna respect that shit. She said what she said. Exclamation point. <laughs> like. Next sentence. <laughs> and again, this falls back into the realm of them knowing not to take it personally, but people don't know how to do that. And that, that's something that I have to understand and everybody else has to understand. Like, it's not always personal. Nine times out of ten, it's not. Yeah. It's no. really not. And so, yeah, with being uncomfortable and just learning to be like, okay, I'm uncomfortable with what's going on, but maybe I should reach out to somebody. And if you don't want to talk, say that. Hey, no disrespect, no, nothing personal. I'm not in the mood to talk. Like, I had to tell my own mother and father that one day. So if I can tell mommy and daddy, oh, you better believe. <laughs> I'm telling everybody else that when I feel like that. Oh, ooh, nope, don't feel like talking. D-N-D. <laughs> Do not disturb. Oh, I agree with you for sure. Um, and once again, we have to be very mindful, even with outside looking better than no- normal. But, you know, we are still in the midst of a pandemic, as everyone needs to keep reminding us. This is something that we, as a generation, us as a planet, we have never experienced anything like this before. This is extremely unique and, I, I mean, rare, only because, like, the last one was yeah. ages ago. Yeah. But... You know, this is something that us in the generation has never experienced. So we are all going to deal with this in different ways. You know what I'm saying? And with the outside, just keep outsiding <laughs> with all the shit going on. It, it gets to a point where it does get heavy. And you're not going to hear from people as much as you used to when things were quote unquote normal. And, you know, you are going to feel like, oh, well, this person switched up. But guess what? We all changed. I could, from from March to now. I never lied. I... Yo, the amount of change and 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 development and stuff that I've went through in these past couple of months yeah. is unprecedented, and it's something that we're probably never gonna get again as things start opening up. 
And I have to be very grateful to the fact where it's like I had the opportunity to go through these things. And, you know, not every day was perfect. Not every day was roses and daffodils. But, you know, I think it's important to understand the days where things are okay and manageable. And there's going to be days where it's not okay and you need someone to reach out to. And sometimes you kind of have to reach into yourself and really get deep in there and, and work, it, work through it on your own terms. Yeah. You know. I think people struggle with that. But um, just like anything else in life, practice makes perfect. And if you do it consistently, it'll become second nature to you. And it won't be a struggle anymore. I mean, it won't be easy, but it's definitely something that'll become, again, like, oh, this is what I should be doing. Yeah, so, you know, for those listening out there, just, you know, always be kind to yourself. Uh, you know, once again, with everything going on, it's okay to not be okay. Uh, take it all in stride, even if you have to disconnect from the world and from your friends. Um, and your family. And family, because sometimes those negative shit either. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. Just... I ain't say it. I ain't say it. <laughs> Some, I, I just, no, I'm not talking about your parents and not talking about my friends either. Uh, yeah, I'm saying no, there's just in I'm general. <laughs> I ain't talking about nobody in particular, so <laughs> don't take it personal. Right. Um, but, you know, it's just that you need to take care of self first. Right. Self has to come before anything else. And that's the only way that I'm sure we have all managed through this quarantine that we had to put ourselves first at a point and we had the space to. And... You know, I mean, in the beginning, when we were talking about, like, in the beginning of all this, where people were like, yeah, you know, we just got to stick together and we'll be all right. Um, not going to lie, wasn't really hopeful in the beginning. Because <laughs> it's like, well, people are dropping like flies out there, yeah. you know. And I can admit that I, in the beginning, like, in the beginning of quarantine, I wasn't as mindful or careful or or... I could have I could have been more better at not being quote unquote um, what's the word don't say it because I know what you're gonna say all in all I could have done better at being more uh, secluded and stuff and I had to learn that my self time was uh, valuable and stuff um, but now that we're in you know where we are now and things are starting to open back up slowly and you know everyone is gonna be uh, doing their best to be safe I would hope. You know, it's it's important to just keep that all in mind. You know, where we started off and where we are now. And, girl, once again, the way these days are set up, we don't know what the fuck's going to happen next tomorrow, in the next hour, in the next week. People are predicting aliens. People are predicting, I don't know, the Earth's going to bump into another planet and mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. shit's going to fuse. I don't know what's going you on. You know what the craziest, craziest part about it is? I feel like if any of that shit was supposed to happen, I'd just be like, well... Shrug. Yeah. Like at this point, nothing is off the table, and at this point, I think we're more than capable of handling whatever the fuck comes our way. No. Sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, unless it is. You're in the head of aliens. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, as long as the aliens ain't trying to kill me, we can all live together. Girl. <laughs> I ain't got no problem. You are big hopeful for big green, the little green men. <laughs> but I, I want to ask you, what was your secret to really I mean we spoke on it a little bit but like I know I had one particular thing that really helped me through so what was your one like your go to through this entire time <sighs> that's a good question uh, I like in the beginning it was keeping up with people mm-hmm. and you know I realized that for, like for me okay so I, me and outside like, me being outside, and I think I explained this another time before, but I used to be out and about so much because I never mm. wanted to be home. You know what? Don't like that tone. <laughs> Don't like what you're insinuating. Might have to cut that out from the episode. Wow. <laughs> Carrying on. So I know that for me, me and outside used to be um, hand in hand because, you know, I was avoiding being home all the time. Uh, home for me just wasn't like a good space yeah. mentally and stuff like that. So I'll always be out and about and busy myself with videography or whatever. So when we were all forced indoors, you know, that was just like a huge shift for me. And in the beginning, I was like, okay, this is going to be fun. And then it got really crazy. And then I needed to reach out to people 
in order to kind of just feel sane. Um, I knew there was one day I forgot the day of the week. I was like, nope, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, many people went through that. No, I know, but yeah. I mean, for me, that was my level of, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no. Well, I, I need to, I need, this is not a good space to be in. And, you know, I think we all could have developed bad habits right. at this time. Girl, I had a plethora of liquor in my house. Plethora. Girl, I could have been drunk, Guilty. drunk, drunk. Guilty. I could have been drunk her day, all day, during work, after work, before oh work. God. Could have been drunk in my sleep and woke up. Like, I could have really drank myself to a stupor, to be honest. With you. This is how I'm dealing, y'all. Um, I could have, there was a point where I wasn't changing my clothes. Yeah. I was just wearing the same shit. Um, you know, I had check-ins at work. I was just like, y'all just going to catch me in whatever I'm wearing because... I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, but I had to eventually kind of break out of that and realize, all right, this is life now. And, for, and instead of me like kicking and screaming like a kid, like, ah, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to kind of cope with it. It was like, all right, this is the new normal. You know, my friends are still healthy. My friends are still there. And my family's still here. I have so much things to be grateful for. And I think that was honestly the thing that carried me through. Understanding the things that I was grateful for. Right. And be like, you know, I'm grateful that I, one, have a job, mm-hmm. that I can work from home. I'm grateful that my family's all here and we're all, you know, at home together. I'm grateful that, you know, my family and other places are all safe as well. I'm grateful that I have the opportunity that, you know, in my home, we have plenty of resources. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I had to kind of sit there and think about all the things that I'm that. I have to be grateful for and that honestly was the thing that kind of kept me like going yeah you know what I mean like like, and then especially understanding that other people had worse circumstances for sure for sure and and that's when I and that's when I go back to the concept that home doesn't mean the same thing for everybody you know what I'm saying there were people struggling and going through a lot and you know very much not furloughed and very much unemployed and very much like you know, what is the next month or week or whatever going to look like? And, and that's still the case for many people. Oh, yeah, still the case. It's not, oh, that's not, you know, yeah. gone away now. But, you know, it's, we're all managing and most of us are still here because of that. Right. You know what I mean? So, in essence, gratitude. Yeah, gratitude. Gratitude was what really kept me, kept me strong. For me, honestly, it was music. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, music was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, of course, meditation. Hands down, um, I, I got real deep into meditation. Um, but for me, it was music. I now have a whole new genre, which is considered like lo-fi, uh-huh. instrumental. She's a fan of Janae Aiko. Well, yeah. Well, she's not considered lo- lo-fi, but she, she could go along with the vibes kind of sort of. The maybe. vibes. <laughs> That's the new genre, um, the vibes. Yes, yeah, she's definitely <laughs> my favorite. But um, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of chill hop and vanilla and odyssey. So that was something I never even knew about prior to quarantining and being home and stuff like that. So that was my one secret. And I do recommend it. It's music that I sleep to. It's music that I listen to when I don't want to listen to like anything upbeat. Um, It's literally background music. It just, it works in any given moment or time. And it just always seems to soothe me no matter, no matter what. Like, I don't know. That was my go-to. I also have another question. Sure. Are you ready? Go for it. Um, what are you? What is one thing that you're looking forward to most when we go back to a sense of normal, our new normal? Right. Um, that's the kind of question about post quarantine and what that looks like. So I tell myself that you know when all this is quote unquote said and done, um, I have a newfound meaning of of what home means, and that's important to me, but. With all the growth and with all the changes that have been happening, um, I'm ready to embrace a new chapter in my life. Okay. For me right now, that it, that consists of uh, moving out of my home mm-hmm. and and kind of just creating a build of autonomy for myself. Okay. As much as I'm grateful for like my dad and my sister and you know the people that I live with, um, I I need to carve out a space for myself and kind of start building on my self-trust I call it Um, because there's a part of me that doesn't trust myself to take care of myself I know how to take care of myself Mm -hmm. but I mean I think it's just me being able to like have that space of being on my own and managing and 
knowing that if I could take care of myself in that capacity, that I'll be prepared for anything. Right. You know I what I mean? Um, and it's not to say at home, like I'm codependent on my family and, oh, they do everything for me and I'm just sitting back, you know, uh, sitting pretty. But, you know, um, everyone has their own ways of managing. And for me, I just need to create a space for myself where I know that, all right, I have to take care of this. I have to manage that. I have to take care of myself. I don't have anyone there to kind of remind me. It's it's just a mental form of, of growth that I need to experience. Right. Um, so I could now proceed to the next chapters of my life. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that well, however long that lasts, whatever the case may be, is something that I'm looking forward to. Um, when it comes to me socially, I've told myself that I don't want to be as... <coughs> Mixy guys, all mixy. Right, all right. <laughs> I have to probably lower the levels there. You're yelling now. You're yelling. I wanted to make sure everybody heard you. Everyone should have, <laughs> but you didn't have to scream it. Um, I'm <laughs> you are annoying. Um, <laughs> I am going to work on not being as as mixy, not in the sense of like always being on the scene, because I mean the scene is probably going to change, yeah, right? Sure. I mean, you know, we've gotten so accustomed to this virtual environment, and it might change to where it's still very virtual, and if we do step out. Um, you know, it's not going to be the same where it's like, all right, we're going to the club, we're going out and whatever, because we don't have to be wearing masks. This mask shit might be for a good minute. Um, so that's already a thing. Yeah. Like, mask is now the fashion. Yeah. Mask is now a part of our, our fashion now. Right. It's not even like... Uh, Does that match? Right, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to match my mask with my shoes, girl, because it, it just ain't working. I got to put out the three-piece. Um, no, dead ass, I think I saw something on Instagram where someone made a trikini. It's uh, it was a mask top and bikini bottom. I'm dead ass. You gotta, you gotta adapt to the times. Oh yeah, and the times, yeah, the you times are. You got the times. So, girl, you gotta match your mask with your bag, I guess, because this is what it is. And um, you know, so that that in itself is like, you know, me socially, um, you know, I'm not. I don't think. I don't feel like I'll be out and about as much as I used to be. Um, and once again, I've already coped with the fact of home being you know, a place where it's not, like, scary or bad. It's just more like, all right, this is where it is, and I'm comfortable here, and there's a level of comfort that I appreciate. Right. Right. Like, throughout all of this, I've appreciated home more than I ever had before. You know, it's not just a building of bad memories. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's good memories there, too. And, once again, my family, who I care about, is there, and everyone's healthy and alive. So, you know, all that to say, I think those are the major changes for me. Um, What about you? I think for me, it's um, a new sense of routine. Um, I'm very like, I'm doing this from 8 to 5, then at 6 o'clock I'm doing this, and then at 7 o'clock I'm doing that. And um, I've learned to kind of go with the flow. Like, obviously, I'm going back to work, so I'm going to have work time. But I think I just want to let it flow in the sense where, obviously, I want to have my staples of meditation and things like that and journaling and all that good stuff. But... I also just want to have the moments where I have downtime and I don't feel bad about having downtime. And I don't feel like, I guess like you in a sense where I'm like, oh no, I should be out and about doing this, this, that, and the third. Like anytime I take a day for myself, I always feel like, damn, I should be doing this or I could be doing that. And I just really want to get into that sense of normal for me where I can take a day and not feel bad about it. And I can take a day and do absolutely nothing. And I've already implemented that. Um, as you know, like there's a plenty of things. What did you do today? Absolutely nothing, and I felt great. Big loser. Okay, <laughs> I don't care. No, I'll no, be the no, big no. loser for the day. Definitely not a loser. No. But no, just... it's just again um, having that as a part of your routine to refuel and recharge because I think innately we 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 emulate what we've seen growing up, and I've always seen my mother and my father work all day, every day, all day, Bruh. every day. And I've never really seen my parents vacation or just go chill with their friends like that. Like, yeah, every now and then somebody hosts a barbecue, this, this, that, and the third. But, like, really take a day. Like, my father was working six days a week. So, I ain't trying to be that person. Like, I'm really trying to make time for me. And like you said before, just knowing to put myself first and not always guilt tripping myself when I do do that. Like, if somebody's like, hey, you want to go somewhere and I want to say no, the answer is no. I'm not saying yes 
to appease you, mm-hmm. you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's me. And so that's what I'm looking forward to most because when outside quote unquote opens up is when I'll really be put to the test or like, is this something that I really want to do or right. am I doing it because I know they want me to do it? Right. And I mean, the only thing that I particularly miss about outside, mm-hmm. uh, I miss a little brunch here and there. I miss my, my pancakes and my waffles and my French toast. Oh my I miss God. those okay. things. Wow. All right. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very passionate <laughs> about breakfast food. I see. Hey, you know me and you too. We're foodies. Yeah. This is how we vibe. This is how we get down. So yeah. I miss my, my little meals here and there. Um, but on, on top of that, you know, I, I realized that there wasn't much about outside that was really useful for me. Girl, the amount of money I've saved by not being that out and about that. Holy crap. Could you imagine, even with me being temporarily unemployed, I've saved more than I've ever saved in my entire life. It was that, that moment <laughs> where I realized, oh, so outside is the problem. Okay. Oh, look, a mirror. Oh, look, look at me. I'm the problem. Outside <laughs> like, is the problem. And that also stems from just sometimes not knowing when to just be like, sit your ass the fuck down. Like, that's really what it I, is. I felt that. That, was, that felt like a personal attack. And I'm going to take it as such. <laughs> Boy, big um, trigger. Um, no, I'm yeah. joking. But yeah, so all that to say, everyone, um, you know, as I said, if you're not okay, that's fine. Reach out to people. Take care of yourself. Um, unplug for everything that's happening. For those who are out in the streets, please be safe. For those who are, are indoors, do your best to maintain. Um, you know, once again, out, outside is starting to open back up a little bit. So just kind of be mindful of that. Mask up. Don't be silly out here. Um, and still keep your distance, please. Well, girl, you just don't like people around you, so... I, no, that's just but, me. you know, distance is a part of this. this is because everybody big close to each other. Uh, yeah, I've noticed that a lot lately. I mean, you know, minus the grand scheme of things, but there, are, I've seen a lot of, like, gatherings, and everybody's, like, in each other's faces, and I'm like, mm. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like, mm, like Corona got the invite. Mm. Yeah, you don't gotta be up over my shoulder. Yeah. Relax. Step yeah. away. <laughs> but yeah. But once again, thank you all for listening. Thank you to Keisha. Thank you for having me. For someone who feels like she doesn't talk a lot. Oh. You had a lot to say, which is good. Ooh, the shade. See, see, you thought I was <laughs> I was curving to a compliment. You just automatically thought shade. Mm. Don't do that. Um, but no, for real, thank you for, you know, lending your voice and you know, hopefully people picked up some nice tips. Okay. That they could take for themselves to kind of cope. And yeah, I, it feels like things are kind of winding down. So just hang in there. And yeah, we'll, we'll be all right. Yeah. As Kendrick Lamar once said, we're going to be all right. So uh, thank you guys for listening once again. Uh, you can check out the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, all the other uh, podcast platforms that you prefer. And yeah, this is another episode. It is. All right, so uh, yeah, we'll see y'all next time. Bye. Definitely sophisticated ignorance, and I'm fucking with it. <laughs>